Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. With talk of a winter storm approaching later in the week and not having caught up yet with Dr. Aaron Wilson to see what this winter is going to bring, we decided to have him on for a little pre-Christmas episode to look back at what we saw this fall, what we can expect in the short term, and then maybe a peek into spring planting. Um, So welcome, Aaron. Uh, Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for having me on again. And hi, Elizabeth. We were remiss, I think, in our last podcast with you and announce your new position with in Ohio State Extension. I don't think we talked about that, did we? No, I don't I don't think so. You know, I've been um, on a half-time appointment with Extension over the last six years and split with the Bird Polar and Climate Research Center. Uh, but as of August, I took a, an assistant professor uh, position as the Ag, Weather, and Climate Field Specialist. Uh, so um, not a lot of change in the day-to-day, but certainly, you know, more opportunities to engage educators and specialists around the state and, and to develop, um, you know, pretty strong, hopefully a pretty strong ag and Uh, weather and climate program. We're excited about it and kind of goes with the theme this fall seems to be introducing new people and new positions. So um, you've been a great asset to us so far and we're excited to have you continue on. Let's get to weather talk. Take a quick look back at this past fall. It was interesting, got really dry there for a while, really cold and then warm. (laughs) It was all over the place, I guess. Yeah, it really was. You know, we, we've talked a lot on this program about trends and, and we've seen, um, you know, falls trending toward wetter conditions and we've seen overall warmer conditions in fall, uh, say, over the last 30 to 40 years. And uh, this this season, this fall season, and, you know, kind of including September, October, November in that outlook or in that that period, uh, was quite a bit different than what we've experienced much, you know, over the last 30 years. Um, Temperature-wise, you know, September and October were rather mild. Um, we had uh, kind of the middle of the pack for September. If you look at the full record back to 1895, September wasn't overly warm or overly cool. It was kind of in the middle of the pack rank-wise. And then we turned rather chilly, actually, for October standards. Um, a lot of that, day, even daytime highs being cooler than average during the month of October. We had a little bit of our freeze conditions set in, um, not historically rare, I would say, uh, but certainly uh, on the earlier side of guidance. We typically, um, you know, we saw some areas encounter their first freezes in in some of the valleys and of central Ohio and parts of northeast and southeast, kind of those scattered areas seeing their first freeze conditions on October 4th. Um, So again, not the earliest on record, those would be late September, but certainly in that only about 10 to 20 percent of the time, do we see freeze conditions that early? So um, I think that came along and, and you would know a, a little bit better than I about some interruptions to, to the dry down process and harvest conditions. But um, the main freeze then came in for most of the state about what we expect the second, third week of October, um, getting into those, those chilly, um, you know, sub 30, sub 28 conditions uh, out there as well. And then November turned a bit warmer than average again, back to about one to three degrees above average. November 2022 ranks as the 24th warmest November on record for that 128 years. Yeah, this fall was just all around interesting. The last few years had spoiled us with that late frost. And, you know, a lot of guys have been pushing planting corn a little later into the spring than we normally would have been comfortable with. 
with that confidence of the late freezes the last few years. And so that's what I think led to a lot of that issues with dry down was just the guys that cut it really close on making it to maturity ahead of that early freeze. And then the dry weather. I don't know about you, Amanda, but I talked to several guys that all noted that they never remember having as many consecutive days of being able to be in the field in the fall is what we did this year. Well, we were just talking about not getting our fall soil sampling done because it's been too hard and now it's frozen. (laughs) So maybe January, right? Yeah. I know we were all grateful for the long stretches, but one of the issues we had was, was field fires more than usual due to those extra dry conditions. Yeah, it's, I mean, if, if you look at the, the climate statistics, this was the 37th driest September through November, um, and certainly bucking the trend of what we've seen recently. So very dry fall overall, and in particular October, um, 17th driest October on record. We had about a three-week stretch uh, from the end of September to, yeah, about the third week of October, where much of the western half of the state had only picked up about a tenth of an inch of rain. I mean, if you think about it, even foggy and dewy mornings can give us about a hundredth of an inch, right, of moisture on the ground, which actually in the fall can help other things. But, um, you know, over not getting much precipitation at all. It was really the driest, um, driest since 1994. Um, and there were only, you know, basically, if you think of some of the years, 66, 64 were drier uh, as well. Um, you know, it, it, it's been a while since it's been that dry. So uh, we did get a little bit more active as we got into November, um, as we start to see hints of La Nina setting in. And we'll get to that later, of course. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we've been tracking are suitable fieldwork days. And, and we know since 1995, for instance, that we've lost about five suitable fieldwork days in the month of October. Well, as you said, 25 or 30 suitable fieldwork days this uh, this October is certainly going to mess up that trend a little bit, uh, kind of pull it back back the other direction. But, you know, from what I heard, at some point, farmers do need to rest a little, right? Yeah, that's a great point. And I think all of us can get a little worn out when we're in that continued pattern. But it just it makes it harder and harder for farmers to plan when, well, we have five less working days, but do we really now? So it's just another thing to think about and consider when you're choosing hybrids and maturities and planting timing and all that to make harvest work in the fall. Yeah, and I think it, it's, it's made more complicated with other seasonal changes, you know, just briefly taking a look back or thinking back to the whole growing season, right? The fact that May was so wet uh, especially for parts of Southwest and Central Ohio, we had you know May rainfall in some locations up to 12 to even 15 inches just for that month. So the wet conditions, late you know late getting in, combined with yeah, we can still see a frost or freeze early in October. And man, it's just not only shrinking the planting and harvesting windows, but then you get those situations like this year where. You're shrinking the growing season and that can have those big impacts. I think the last thing really to mention with the dry weather is the struggle that a lot of guys had getting wheat going and cover crops. Um, It's been a while since we've had a dry fall to remember what it's like. The last few years we've talked about having trouble getting the drills into the field after harvest. This year we wrapped up early enough, but we just didn't have the conditions to get good emergence on anything. Yeah, Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. It was what? two, three weeks seed sitting there before it was able to germinate. Yeah. In some parts of the state, 
so we'll see how if that has any impact on tillering and stuff and how it comes out of winter. Uh, that can kind of lead us into winter now and see what that outlook looks like, Aaron. We can think about current conditions now. You know, we're, we're sitting here a couple of days ahead of a pretty major storm, probably the first big major storm here in winter. You know, we've talked about, and, and when I say winter, not astronomical winter, but meteorological, well, actually climate winter, climatological winter, which starts December 1st. I know we've got to be difficult, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're into that season now where we are being affected by some big, what we call mid-latitude cyclones, big storms moving across the region. Uh, and with La Nina, we tend to have an active storm pattern in the wintertime, which can help bring moisture back and recharge those soils out there from, from our earlier drought conditions. So we're sitting here a couple of days before, at least the recording, before the expected storm that's uh, probably going to move into the region tomorrow uh, and through Friday. And, and we're expecting to get a little bit of snow out of this, but really the wind and the cold are, are the big stories, for instance. So, you know, we were just chatting about how many times on Christmas Day, we've seen temperatures, high temperatures on Christmas day at a place like Dayton below 20 degrees. And that's only happened eight times in the last 128 years. I want to thank our friends over at WHIO, Kirsty Zontini for posting that on social media today. Uh, so this will be the ninth time. We're expecting highs by uh, this weekend, only in the teens, overnight lows in the single digits, maybe a little bit below zero, and then maybe getting up to 15 degrees for the southern half of the state, certainly single digits and teens across the north. So pretty cold, chilly Christmas weather, something we've not really seen seen much. A lot of gusty winds, really cold wind chills. It's just going to be really an early bite to winter here across the region. And I think this is kind of the sign of things that we're going to see upcoming this winter time. You know, we've talked for the last three years now uh, on this podcast about La Nina conditions. So we can start there if you want, you know, in terms of those, what is La Nina? Cooler than average sea surface temperatures in the tropical Pacific. That leads to changes in our weather patterns. And what it usually means is an amplified storm track across the United States. And here in the Ohio Valley, it tends to be wetter than average, especially as we start getting toward the end of the year and then into the first couple of months of next year. And so the La Nina pattern is in play. It's, it's showing signs, I think, recently that that pattern has arrived, this storm this week kind of being part of that, those series of storms. And you can expect frequent storms, high variability. I think temperatures roller coastering up and down, uh, you know, just as we get cold this week, in time for Christmas, I think we rebound back to close to average, maybe above average, heading into New Year's next week. But then this pattern is is expected to stick around. January, February, probably intensifying, leading to you know slightly above average temperatures overall, although some days will be warm, some days will be really cold. But precipitation is going to be on the surplus side of things, especially continuing into January and February. So uh, you know, what that means for spring, we can talk about as well. But overall, opportunities for snow, maybe, but it'll be it'll be interesting with every storm that moves through. So there's probably some families out there who are thinking about getting back to pre-pandemic gatherings and things like that. So this might might put a difficult position for some of those to get together. You think we're going to be clear by Christmas other than cold weather? Yeah, I think by Christmas we'll be okay. I think I do expect a flash freeze uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night into Friday. We're going to have temperatures going from about the 40 degree mark, falling all the way to the 20s by Friday morning, and then down into the single digits by Friday evening and Friday night. That's 
a pretty quick drop. And so we'll probably expect some road conditions, flash freeze conditions there and soils to freeze up pretty, pretty rapidly. As we get to Christmas, we'll have some lingering snow showers. I, I think a lot of the state will, will likely see a white Christmas this year. We've got family members that they only want snow on Christmas then they want it gone. So I think a lot of people are enamored with the romance of a white Christmas for sure. But I think we might've touched on this last time, but this is what our third La Nina in a row. And that's fairly unusual, right? Yeah, that's, that's correct. La Nina's, um, you know, it's not too unusual to get them back to back, but there's only a handful of times where we've seen, you know, three years in a row where we've had La Nina conditions. And even La Nina, there's different gradients. There's strong, moderate, weak events. And right now we're kind of in the weak to moderate event this year. Last year was kind of a moderate to strong event. They can have subtle fluctuations as well. In other words, the sea surface temperatures are a lot colder than average or a little bit colder than average. And that does have an impact on the, the weather patterns. So only having a handful of times, right? And La Nina not being the only what we call climate mode that kind of helps dictate the conditions that we see can mean different conditions. But, but overall, if you look at La Nina conditions, the big signal is wet winters here for the Ohio Valley. Uh, so we, we expect that again this year. So what does that look like then in your long-term outlook for this winter and refilling some of our drought areas? Because we still have some areas in Ohio that are considered drought conditions. Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of reached our peak drought coverage and abnormally dry coverage at about 80% of the state around November 8th. Uh, since then, we've been chipping away at the drought conditions across the east and in Eastern Ohio, parts of Southwest Ohio have improved and Northwest Ohio, but we're hanging on to what we call moderately dry, moderate drought conditions from West Central Ohio, extending Northeast up into parts of, of you know, the Western Lake Erie Basin. Drought's interesting because, um, you know, we've got different types of drought, meteorological drought. Strictly speaking, it's just about precip and above or below normal. You've got ag impacts, which are generally the, the first impacts, but this being a fall and winter kind of drought condition lingering, we've lost those ag impacts or those signs from agriculture. We had the fires, we had the poor emergence, but now we don't have a lot of feedback to judge what level of drought that we're in. Uh, so we start thinking about water restrictions. We do have pretty low stream flows across much of Western Ohio, um, getting down into the 10th to 24th percentile, so just below average, below those historical means. Um, and so we need some water, right? The first thing that's going to fill up, if the soil is not frozen, the soils are going to replenish, right? Now, if you have frozen soils and we get some heavy rain, that's going to wash off and run off and our stream flows are going to bounce way up as well. But generally with La Nina conditions, we expect a strong recharge in January and February. Plenty of rainfall leading to those uh, soil improvements, uh, certainly in the top profile, the four to 10 inch profile, but getting down deeper down to about 20 inches gets a little bit tougher, right? To get that water percolating that, that deep in the short term. Anyway, we're expecting conditions to improve, I think, with La Nina initially with the soil moisture. We'll have to see how much that lingers into February, March, and even April. So right now, the spring outlook, our wet conditions are likely to stick around into the first part of spring. So if we get recharged and then we start getting surplus rainfall, you know, that sets us up for those potential late spring 
conditions again that we don't necessarily like, right? Uh, that force our, our late planning decisions. And so uh, that's what I'll be watching as we head through the winter months and into the early spring. Are we ready then to start talking about your way too early outlook for this coming planting season? No, I mean, it, it is a ridiculously early uh, outlook, uh, but I would expect overall trending warmer than average for spring. Uh, probably warmer than average heading into the summer, a little bit, slightly. Right now, the outlooks from the Climate Prediction Center, that's what it looks like. And if you look at some of the climate prediction outlook, even May, June, July, August, the wet signal right now is sticking around. I think what's been our guidance and, and kind of suggestion over the last few years, when we get to spring, be ready to roll. Take advantage of those windows. Don't dilly-dally if you can help it and just be ready, ready to go. So hopefully having such a great fall that many folks are not already behind, right, for the upcoming season. And hopefully I've had an opportunity to get things squared away for 2022 and, and can relax. We can watch the conditions and see what actually happens. We know we can project and forecast and outlook all we want. Weather has the final say in, in, in terms of what happens. But right now I'm expecting a wet spring, probably in beginning part of wet, wet summer as well, um, looking this far out. Again, a ridiculously early outlook. Aaron, a lot of great information. Again, we appreciate your updates frequently and we'll have you back on late winter to get a more not so ridiculously far out outlook for spring. So, and as always, if people want to follow you, Dr. Wilson's weather on Facebook and Twitter, right? Yeah, a uh, little less Twitter lately, uh, mostly Facebook. I would also encourage you to reach out to climate.osu.edu. Uh, that's the State Climate Office of Ohio's uh, website. And, uh, you know, we provide monthly and quarterly climate updates there as well um, for your enjoyment or disgruntledness, whichever one it might be. So uh, appreciate, as always, you know, you bringing me on, on the show and um, wish everyone nothing but success in the upcoming 2023 year. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see you out at meetings. And we also have our climate and dot, dot, dot webinar series we should mention too, right? So. Sure. Yeah, that's right. So we'll we'll be talking about climate and uh, disease, a uh, little bit of farm management and finances, and then also pest as well. So look for those announcements on those webinars. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Want to give us a Christmas present? Just like or subscribe to help others find us. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.